You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest of the Geeks. I am here joined by some of your favorite hosts, Pete and Repeat. Hey, guys. Welcome to Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest of the Geeks. And I am here joined by two of your favorite hosts, Pete and Repeat. Hey, guys. Welcome to Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest of the Geeks. And I am here with your favorite host, Pete and Repeat. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, Joshua, since you had had your um, deja vu joke, I, I, I have a, a joke I, I need to share. So so once upon a time, there was this pastor who had a group of youth that was running through confirmation. And their confirmation classes uh, wrapped up, and they had to go before uh, the church council, the governing board, kind of the deacons, if you will. And and these three youth walked up and and had to answer some questions to really see if they are going to pass confirmation, if they needed, they're going to be confirmed as adults in the church, or if they had to do another year of confirmation. And so the pastor asked the first um, student, uh, Susie. Um, you've been through this process of confirmation, and so we just need to ask you a few questions. What what is the meaning? of Christmas. Susie was like, oh, that's pretty easy. That's that's when uh, Santa, you know, comes on December uh, 24th and, and delivers presents to all little boys and girls. <laughs> uh, the pastor Royal said, no, that's important. That's 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 fine uh, out there in the world. But but no, that's not what Christmas is. Christmas is when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I'm sorry, Susie, you're going to have to have another year of conscience. So uh, they go to the next um, student. They go they go to um they go to Christian and they're like, hey, hey, Christian, you know, what what is the significance of October 31st, 1517? And Christian says, oh, that's easy. That's when, you know, it was the first Halloween where kids went to door to door and got candy and dressing up in costumes. <laughs> yeah. This pastor was like, no, Christian, no, yes, Halloween, all Hallows Eve is October 31st. But no, October 31st, 1517 is, is when Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses on the church door in Wittenberg. Ah, we're sorry, Christian, you're going to have to have another another year of confirmation. So he said, oh, finally, one more student. So they went to little Joshua and said, Joshua, we we have a question for you. It's very, very important that you get this right. Please, please. Um, what um, what happened at Easter? And so Joshua's like, oh, that's super easy. That's super easy. Uh, yeah. It is the day um, that, that Jesus rose from the dead. Oh, the church council and the pastor were proud and they're like, oh, that's fantastic. Um, you you passed. That is the best thing. I'm so glad that you learned something in confirmation. We feel so good. And then Charles said, and, and Jesus saw his shadow. So that means they have six more weeks of winter. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Might be onto something. <laughs> there you go. There you Perfect. go. Well, guys. Well, guys, if you haven't guessed, it's Groundhog Day. Happy Groundhog Day. We're going to be discussing the legendary Groundhog Day film. If you have ever felt like you're in a rut or reliving the same day over and over or listening to the same podcast episode year after year. (laughs) Well, good news. This episode is for you to continue feeling that way and to discuss why you feel that way. I am Joshua Noel. We are the priest of the geeks. This is Systematic Ecology. You've already heard that. I'm joined by... Two of your other favorite hosts, Pete and Repeat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we have Will Rose and Christian Ashley. Guys, let's uh, let's just go ahead and jump into this one. Let's go ahead and jump into this one. They know we're geeks. We don't have to prove it. We don't have we to don't, prove it. We yeah. don't have to prove it. Yeah. But, but it's, yeah. th- this does feel vaguely familiar. I'm having a little deja vu. Like, I, <laughs> like I've done this episode before and talked about this movie before. But, you know, I feel like I, you know, it's been a while. So maybe I'm a different person. Maybe I grew a little bit. Maybe I'm a yeah. different kind of Perhaps. guy. Than I was last time I did this episode. Yeah. It's deja vu for you. 
but this is the 10,000th time we've done this, and I want to get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, yeah, we're going to jump right into this episode. Uh, And yeah, Will has done this before. Joe Mm -hmm. Day was on that episode, as well as a previous host, Dan Stewart. And uh, if there was ever a movie we could do year after year, the same episode of, it would have to be Groundhog Day. And, and release it, it on February 2nd yeah, every, every year. Every year. <laughs> we we celebrate this holiday vigorously with a profound tradition of uh, doing the same episode over and over. Um, which is why it was extremely important to me that Pastor Will got to be here. So that mm-hmm. it, it is truly, at least partially truly, a repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's always good stuff. Um, Pastor Will, did you want to discuss again? Any of the history of Groundhog Day? I know you have some notes on uh, some of its history. I don't. Yeah, I think, you know, it is, it is, um, Groundhog Day is, is pretty weird. It is connected to uh, a kind of a loose um, Christian holiday or holy day called Candlemas. And, and it's uh, traditionally within Catholic circles, it's a day when Jesus was presented at the temple. Um, it's called the presentation of our Lord. And so it falls on fe- February 2nd, Candlemas. And, and, and priests on that day, people would bring their candles to the priests and, and the priests would bless their candles knowing mm-hmm. that it was going to be more winter. It's going to be a cold winter. And so to light the candle and have the fire of Christ lighting in their homes to bring them north was a part, part of that tradition. So for some strange reason, though, like you can before meteorology, before like really big advancements in science, people wanted to try to predict and think through what's how long is this winter going to be uh, to plan for crops and growing and and how much wood we need for fire or whatever. So they started turning to like animal forecasters. <laughs> I, I don't know. They start these these little like traditions or superstitions to kind of help wrap their head around maybe maybe winter will be shorter this year if this hedgehog or groundhog. Uh, saw its shadow or not. And so that, that's kind of where that, that comes yeah. from. And I think, according to my notes, uh, 1887 is when the first recorded one in Pennsylvania, when they got like a hedgehog or groundhog or something to try to see if they could control the weather. I don't know if that's nice. Yeah, right, sure. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, Listen, if it's if you're weathermen or anything like the weathermen in the Carolinas and your weather's anything like the Carolinas, I can't imagine it being that much less accurate than the weather <laughs> right <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> but i i actually i also have a special connection to this day um i got married on february 2nd so this is my anniversary that you're listening i'm not recording on my anniversary bump that um yeah. <laughs> i i'm busy doing other things guys but but yeah so so it's a special holiday for that and we got married it was 0202 which backwards is 0202 <laughs> Repeat and repeat. Um, Not a and it was also kinda. Super Bowl Sunday when we got married, but we didn't oh know goodness. that when we chose the date. We mm-hmm. just knew that the number was the same forward and back. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, what, what was your connection to the movie? We talked about the history. What about the film? Uh, Christian, what was the first time you've seen it? The first time I saw it was actually last year. Um, for the first oh, time, two, actually. <laughs> oh, my. I, I know, like, I, I had been aware it was a thing. This whole time, but I was just going through a list of films that I had not seen before. It's like people say this is a classic. I'm going to go watch it. It was like, oh, why did I avoid this for so long? This movie's so good. Mm-hmm. Mine was I, I think I actually probably have seen it when I was younger and just didn't remember. But I knew about the new Ghostbusters. I was like, I love Bill Murray. 
But then I was like, I don't have high hopes in this. Then I heard this podcast by Systematic Ecology talking about Groundhog Day being a classic (laughs) Bill Murray film. And I was like, you know what? What if I just watch that to get my Bill Murray feel? And uh, that was the first time I remember watching it. I'm I'm pretty certain I've seen it before, but that's the first time I remember all of it was last year because of uh, Pastor Will. So thank you. That's a strong strong testimony for systematic ecology that led you down the road (laughs) to to accept Groundhog Day in your life and your life has never been the same. So I, 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 I'm very proud of that moment. I, uh, all right, you youngsters, here comes the old guy rolling up in his wheelchair to the, to, to to the podcast. But yeah, this came out in 1993. I was in college and I saw it in the freaking theaters and saw it with a bunch of friends where Bill Murray, Bill Murray fans and, um, and, and and we went and saw this movie in the theater. And I remember leaving the theater with my friend, my best friend, Doug. We looked at each other and we were like, it's time to live some life. Like we, <laughs> we, we were so inspired by this movie. Like we loved it so much that we were like, dude, yeah, seize the day. Don't, don't let your day escape you. Go live life to the fullest. We, it, it was, it was a transformative experience for us watching it in the theaters. We were already Bill, Bill Murray fans from other movies and, and seeing Ghostbusters and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, what about Bob? Um, all, all that jazz, like, man. Yeah. So Groundhog Day, saw it in the theater and I've watched it many, 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 many times. And I remember even showing it to my own kids and they loved it. So, so yeah, Groundhog Day is, is one of, is up there and in, in my favorite movies of all time. So, so. Being being the huge geek that I am, I naturally re-listened to last year's episode earlier today. Oh. And last year, your two hosts both watched it. Your two hosts that weren't Will both watched it when they were four years old. <laughs> wow. So Christian and I are behind the game. You yeah. made a joke about, about your age and then told that same story, but with a different ending. Mm. You said with the carpe okay. diem, you guys wanted to go and seize the day. And instead of going to a party or something, the way you seize the day was to go out and get donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At like 2 a.m. Yeah, I, I do remember Doug saying like, let's let's do it. But I, part of that story also is like it transformed. We're going to live our lives and we're inspired by it. But I, I, there was something where Doug was like, come on, let's let's maybe we should skip school tomorrow and like drive to blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, dude, we'll get in trouble or nah, I, I'm tired. I got to work. Like I, I definitely yeah. was. It, it, it seized hold of me for like 10 minutes. That reality sunk in. Like I got to be a responsible person. Uh, but but yeah, but I, I yeah, that was our tradition. We go to movies and then late night donuts is a big part of that. Bring so group. funny. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because it reminds me like the older I get, like all the time, like I'm going to pull an all nighter. My all nighters these days, usually I give up around 11. Yeah. Like that's just I can't do any later than this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh man, it's bad. It's funny because I'm pretty sure Christian and I have done an all nighter at college before watching Doctor Who or something several times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so part of the actually let's let's do this first. If you had to rate this film based off the last time you remember seeing it, zero to ten, Christian, where what are you rating Groundhog Day? It's going to be somewhere between a nine nine five for me. Yeah, I yeah. love this film. It's beautiful. It's well directed. Script is very solid. Love it. Some fantastic jokes. I love when he kidnapped when he kidnapped the groundhog <laughs> and tried to run away. I was like, that was, that was hilarious. Um, for for me, I'm gonna give it a seven and a half or an eight. I, I liked it a lot, but it's not up there for me. It's not up there with like Avengers or Indiana Jones or anything like that. So I'd still put it at like seven and a half or an eight. So that those movies can still clearly stand taller. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think for me that that's kind of apples and oranges. Like those are action um, superhero movies. Like th- this is like a romantic comedy. Um, yeah, in its own kind of genre. So yeah, it, for Almost me, a it, philosophy it's, film too. Yeah, it's nine yeah. nine point five. Like it has it all. It has a comedy. It has a meaningful. It has like a moment where you have like a death and you feel moved by it. Like there's there's all kinds of things that are going on in this movie. For me, it's way up there. And I I just don't I don't want to give it a number rating. I just want to call it like uh, in Will's top ten or like classic. Bet one of the best movies will uh, experiences and watches just because, and it has its flaws. It's like all Bill Murray mm-hmm. movies. You either like them or you don't. You like a sense of humor or not. Um, it, some, for some people, it's just not people. Uh, he he's not their their kind of their taste and and comedy. But I think this kind of spans all all the areas that movies could be, and so it's it's way up there for me. So this is going to be a little bit of a weird analogy, but Doctor Who is my all time favorite television show. If I had to pick a show to be just to be on that I'm not trying to seriously invest time in and just kind of chill with it on, Doctor Who is not my chill show. My chill show is going to be like How I Met Your Mother or Scrubs or something. In movies, The Winter Soldier is tied for my top, my three-way tie for my top all-time favorite movie. It's not a movie I can chill to. It is not on if I'm just trying to relax. It just isn't. Right. What is on could be Groundhog Day. This is a movie that would be good just to relax and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've seen it before and you know what's going to happen. There's certain things that are going on where you can kind of like do your thing, put a puzzle together, do homework, yeah. read or whatever. But then, you know, when um, that speech when, when Ned when Ned shows up and goes, Phil, Phil Connor, I'm stopping everything <laughs> to watch that interaction because it's the best. I mean, there's moments like that in How I Met Your Mother too, where I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what Barney's about to do here. I'm stopping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime I know there's about to be a laser tag scene or or I know he's about to say, which is funny. I've seen the show enough times, but I know when he's about to do his legend, wait for it. <laughs> hope you're not lactose intolerant. Dairy. <laughs> I know. Like, I just know. Like, this is this is one of the times he's about to say it. And I got to be here mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any any moments like that, Christian, for you in this film that if you were to watch it again, that you know, without a doubt, you're stopping everything, giving it your full attention, such a clear cut standout moment? Huh. Uh, it might be the scene where I think they're in the diner. Yeah. And he's talking to Rita. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Yes. Yeah. And he starts listing off, you know, he's that's his name. He does this. And that's her name. You know, she does this. And it's like mm-hmm. you get that moment of he has spent so long here. He's gotten to know these people so well. It's such a very, for mm. a smaller scene, very powerful. Yeah. 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 And in, from Rita's perspective, she, they've only been there a day. So she's <laughs> yeah. like, what yeah. in the world? Who are you? Because uh, that goes from like the moment of where like he's eating everything in sight, you know, and just grabbing it because it doesn't make a difference. It's pointless, you know, <laughs> and then he, yeah. he calls himself a god. And and she's like, oh, my gosh, who are you? Of course, you think you're a god. He's like, no, I'm a god. And he starts calling, predicting things happening. <laughs> in in the As restaurant, you but yes. then later on, he's like he he's he's gotten moved past that. He realized he's not God, but he's not in control. So then he starts to like name people who they are by name and what they do and who they are. Um, which that transformation yeah. is just absolutely incredible. So I'm going to bury the lead a little bit with my favorite mm-hmm. moment. So for those who who don't know, which I amazed you made it this far if you didn't know this film <laughs> is about a guy who has to relive Groundhog Day over and over. He was a reporter and he tries everything under the sun. You know, just becomes a terrible person for a while, tries to kill himself for a while, doesn't work, tries to be a better person for a while. That doesn't necessarily work. And then he lives the fullest himself, his role. And in that moment, he ends up being able to progress because he fully did what he was supposed to do in that day. 
lot of messages in there. T- to me, I think the message of this film was a lot of a play your role, you know, fake kind of stuff. But then B, there was another level of that of truly being present, not always looking to the next best thing. Um, would you guys say that that like to you, is that kind of what stood out as like the moral of the film? Yeah, I think whenever you have like time loop or those kind of like you go back and look at your past, look at your future, like you know, like Scrooge or or The Christmas Carol, you start ex- examining your life in ways that help you go deeper to understand uh, to to not take advantage of the time that you've been given. Then then yeah, that that's the big part of it. Like doing a little bit of homework for this and the the writers and the directors and this people wrote the script. I think they were reading Anne Rice's book um, mm-hmm. uh, about a vampire and contemplating immortality and whether that would make life pointless or you get bored. And so what if you were in a time loop and stuck, then, then what would you do with that time? And then how would you appreciate the other aspects of your life? So mm-hmm. I think, so yeah, that transformation of just wearing you down to be appreciative um, of your life and go to those stage through those stages of grief of, of mm-hmm. what I'm doing, what I'm, I'm going through, what I'm called to do. Um, yeah, I think I think that's the point. Like, what do you what do you do with the time that you've been given? Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was a, a film or a book, but yeah, I, I heard that about the vampire and eternity. And, and the the way I heard the story was he literally went came up with this story to contemplate this stuff, and then said, "What's the next holiday on my calendar?" Up oh, Groundhog Day. It was Groundhog Day, <laughs> exactly. And they and then they were like, "There's a ton of like Christmas movies, a ton of Valentine's movies, a ton of like all these movies, Halloween movies." Like, yeah. What what? There's no movies about the holiday <laughs> Groundhog Day. So he's like, "That's what we're going to center on to bring attention." to it and and now like that groundhog day is is synonymous with like being stuck in a time loop or if there was a day that you were going to be stuck in which one would you want to be i I have some ideas yeah uh but but anyway (laughs) yeah and this not only speaks to that but also speaks to what a frequent feeling this is right uh i forget who it was in the movie that said that you know he says i'm literally living the same day over and over and one of the you know the workers are like yeah that's what we do (laughs) You know, and that's, I mean, that speaks to a real truth. A lot of people feel like they just live the same day over and over. They live for the weekend, working for the weekend, as the song goes. Mm -hmm. The weekend's the only thing that's different from their every other day that's exactly the same over and over. Um, Christian, did you have anything you wanted to add to this? Or Yeah, I would say, for me, the film's main message is how we spend our time, and specifically how much we waste our time. Mm. And you just go through these different loops. And I just remembered, I think I combined scenes earlier from the party and the diner. (laughs) So my apologies for that. But it's the moment of I am around all these people all day long. How great is my connection to them? Do I just say, hey, how's it going? And then move on. Or is like, do I spend time with them? It's like, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Or like, hey, I just had to, I just got a raise at work. That's wonderful. Let's celebrate. If I never interact with people, which I tend not to do because uh, I get too misanthropic for my own good. Sometimes I ignore these people and I ignore, I mean, God's children. That's really a bad thing. Mm-hmm, Not right. to say that we can't my, have time for ourselves, but there's, mm-hmm. there's a limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife uh, regularly or not anymore. I don't go shopping that much anymore, but when we first started dating would regularly get on me because apparently I have this terrible habit of just not speaking to people at cash registers, which is funny because I used to work at cash register. And just in my head, I'm just like, not there. I'm not present. I think that goes back to that whole thing of learning to be more fully present. Um, <laughs> the flip side of that is all right. The flip side is that is my kids talking to me like, dad, you don't have to talk to everybody. Not everybody's your friend. You don't have to get everybody's name and story with every person you come in contact with. And I'm like, I know sometimes you come across the screen and like, Hey, how are you? What's your name? What do you do? Hey, yeah, you got a dog. Cool. What's the dog's name? You know, I'd like get into it. They're like, Will, please. I need to out. arrange. But, but you need my I feel dad, like... Will, because you are one of the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a much, 
Yeah, you can go overboard, but I still feel like it's a much healthier posture towards others in the world in the time we're given than a lot of us who, especially those of us who were raised with cell phones and video games and et cetera, not talking down on those things, but especially like social media, it's trained us to look to the next thing, right? I mean, that's the entirety of TikTok is the next thing. Scroll. Be really short, go to the next thing. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just our culture. And I think it's important for Christians to be countercultural. You hear that a lot. Well, here's one that you don't hear talked about a lot. One way I think Christians have to be countercultural is to be more present. That's something when you look at the life of Christ that he did that nobody else did. He mm-hmm. cared about the woman who touched his robe. He cared about the sick, the orphans, the, the, the fishermen, the lawyer, all of them, because he was present. He wasn't just thinking about the next thing. He wasn't just thinking, I'm God and I'm here to save humanity. Which would have been very, you know, that would have made sense to him. Because I don't think anyone would read the story of Jesus of God literally came down, did the job and went home and been like, well, man, he messed up. None of us would have thought that. And yet it was still important for him to show what it looks like to be present in the life you're given. Nice. Mm, man, this is a lot more Christian than some of our episodes. <laughs> but guess what? Guess what? It's fine. So we've talked about Groundhog Day before. So I didn't want to do the whole episode just about Groundhog Day. One thing this movie has done well, and we've mentioned it is it inspired other shows and movies to kind of mimic the same trope. Um, And yet there's plenty of time loops in my mind that don't necessarily mimic this. A lot of your Doctor Who episodes that have time loops aren't doing this again. They're just doing a time loop, and there's usually some other way to get out. But there are some movies and shows that have almost the same exact messaging and everything to it. Um, One of the ones I'm brought to mind, I have a a few things, but I want to take turns on this. (laughs) But one thing that I am brought to mind, Mickey Mouse, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Um, It's like three short films wrapped into one. And one is Donald stuck on Christmas. And it's where Huey, Dewey and Louie wake up and they or before they go to bed Christmas Eve, they see a star and they wish that it could be Christmas every day. And guess what? (laughs) <laughs> they relive Christmas every day. And at the first time, they're like, oh, toys, this is so awesome. And then they get tired of it. And they're like, you know what? We could do whatever. So they wreck the table and they're the worst kids on the ever. And they break Donald Duck's heart. And then they realize how much Donald Duck meant to them. And then the next one, next day, they already knew where their toys were and stuff. So they woke up early, destroyed their own toys and used it to make something for him. Let their grand or their aunt that gives them the nasty wet kisses kiss them. And they like came prepared and they like loved on everybody. And they had the best day ever. And then they were able to move on. I mean, it's a very simplified version of the story, but I like it attached to Christmas. I I think it helps us better understand the secondary messages of Christmas. Yes, there's the baby Jesus message, but there are these messages of family and stuff around the holiday, too, that are also important. Will, do you have uh, any other shows or movies that are like mimic some of this that that you're brought to mind? You know, I, I really don't. I couldn't think of anyone <laughs> who you're thinking of. I think the one thing in terms of, you know, and this is totally going the opposite direction. But is is like it's like Rick and Morty. Like there, there's definitely yeah. like this kind of multiverse time loop stuff that goes on. Is very uh, nihilistic, um, amoral, um, questions purpose at all in the universe, yeah. which I think is definitely uh, an approach and a belief mm-hmm. that people have. And I think us as people of faith need to bump up against that and kind of wrestle with that and, and kind of think through that for ourselves. I find Rick and Morty very funny. 
uh, very clever. Um, mm-hmm. it, it pushes it pushes me to think deeper on some things and to have like a counter counter argument, counter answer to uh, to things that they <laughs> lift up. Um, but but that whole like the the time loop or the multiverse or does it matter or not? Is there a purpose or not? Mm-hmm. Um, if there's like a thousand different versions of Will out there, do I still matter? Like that, that those kind of questions push push me on that. So that that's a kind of another another angle angle of um, yeah Day or or Donald Duck. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, dimensions definitely do the same thing too, right? I mean, you see so many other versions of yourself fail at the same thing and you're like, man, is this something that's just wrong with me? Right. Yeah, you definitely see that trope in movies and shows a lot. Uh, Christian, can you think of any other Groundhog Day-esque things? Well, in your examples, you stole one of mine. It's a supernatural one. So I'll let you well, talk we'll about that We'll do that one. one. You do that one. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'll let you do that one because I, no, I have too many. <laughs> I have okay, two no, more, I use, so you I'll use that. that one and another one then. So we'll start with Perfect. Supernatural then, which is what I always intended to say at this moment, which there's this episode where, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, is it Dean that dies? Yeah, okay, it's Dean. Yeah, and Sam is forced to relive that day over and over again, always waking up to the heat of the moment song every day. It, it just catches in your ear, and like he tries every way he can think of to keep Dean alive, but no matter what he does, leaving the town, um, trying to kill the thing, uh, that is going to cause Dean to die or what the curse. It's been a while since I watched the episode, but no matter what he does, he fails. And the whole point was to learn if I'm remembering correctly, you know, their bond, there's things you got to give up and it's the trickster. I believe we later learn is a Gabriel. I was going to, I wasn't going to spoil that for him, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was the trickster. And really <laughs> it's been out Sorry, for over I, 10 years. If I they don't know what it is, it's their fault. I love Supernatural. So it's season three, episode 11, Mystery Spot was the name of the episode. And the, um, <laughs> I love the trickster. And yes. a lot of it had to do with he doesn't want to get wrapped up in the big scene. When you find out later, when you find out he's Gabriel, the archangel, that's why he's so concerned that he might get wrapped up in the big scheme of things because he's a big player. So he doesn't want the big stuff to break out so that he can be left alone. Yes. So you're telling me that trickster is the same as Gabriel? Yeah, he he kind of cosplayed as Loki and different stuff for a while. Okay, I'm only on season two, so you're supposed. Oh, no, I'm just oh. kidding. I'm, not, I'm just kidding. I'm not watching it at all. I'm just. That's I'm hilarious. Not, I'm not watching it at all. So you should. I, I, you should. Yeah, it's yeah. So good. Oh, there's but, so much other stuff. But, but yeah, I hear you. I hear so, you. I understand the fandom um, behind it 100. percent Yeah. The um. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So part of his thing was you guys have to play into fate, play your roles. And then part of his thing was, you guys have a really unhealthy relationship. Yes. <laughs> the codependency was real. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I always thought it was funny how much, even though he separated himself from the big scheme of heaven versus hell, that he was like, you two need to play into fate in your roles. And it was funny because once you really see the whole thing, you realize he wants them to play their roles so that he doesn't have to play his role. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you said he had another one too? Yeah. Um, the other one I was thinking of is from an anime called Puella Magi Madoka Magica. Don't worry about saying the whole thing. Say Madoka Magica. <laughs> and you learn through the process of this is that one of the main characters, she is living through a time loop. This is, we have no clue how many times it's gone through. And her whole goal this entire time has been to save her best friend, who in the original time loop, before she gained the ability to manipulate time, helped her come out of her shell, become a person, became a friend to her, and she didn't want her to die. So she's done this mm. over and over mm. and over again to the point where she doesn't care about anything but the mission, forgetting why she started doing it in the first place. 
And it's that whole, like, what is it going to cost you to try and prevent something that should happen to happen? Have you ever seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I have. Do you remember there was there was technically a time loop, even though we didn't see a lot of it? For that was like a whole season. And one of the characters who had lived the loop was trying to convince the rest of them to kind of see the fault so that the time loop doesn't occur. Yes. So that was kind of an interesting spin on this thing where instead of seeing the same day over and over until they got it, you saw a character who had already experienced that try to keep it from happening. Ah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you reminded me of another one. Even though the um, the latest Pinocchio has kind of like death and yeah. resurrection, death and brought back. And what is the point of life if you can always be raised or or brought back again if you are or mortal? It's not the quite, quite the same time loop, but there's definitely this sense of like mortality um, helps us value the time that we have um, on a deeper level than if yeah. we were just like if, if death didn't matter or if or um, finitude didn't. yeah uh, what's the bible verse um don't worry about tomorrow today has enough worries you know there's there's yeah. a lot of bible verses of like uh don't despise the day the small things i mean bible's very strong proponent of uh living your present moment not forsaking mm-hmm. the future or the past but living your present moment yeah. um one of my favorite th- favorite versions of this not really a time loop just then i thought was hilarious growing up uh my grandfather would play Madden football with my dad. And it was just so fun to watch my dad get so angry because what my grandfather would do, he would find a play. And if it worked, he would keep doing the exact same play until my dad (laughs) figured out how to stop it. He just would not change. (laughs) And he defined worked by, if it's more than three yards, I can technically do this every single time and eventually win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some coaches coach that way too. Uh, (laughs) UNC football does that over and over. Let's run up the middle and we're going to do it over and over again. Uh. Also to get to more of the spiritual side, and I'll let, we'll talk about this for a minute. Um, But I I had heard a story once that I want Will's perspective on of a pastor who first day of the job came up, preached John 316. Great sermon, right? Uh, Next Sunday he comes up and he preaches John 316. Some people say some things, but, you know, it was a little bit different than the time before. So not too many people. And then the next Sunday he came up and you know what he did? He preached John 316. And eventually when he was asked about it, he said, well, I'm just going to preach it till you get it. Mm. <laughs> mm. And I, I always thought that story was really, really funny. It kind of reminds me of um, Kino recently talked about on our Comic Con episode. He talked about um, divine reading where you read the same passage of the Bible over and over and over and just kind of meditate on it. So hmm. I, I find some of that interesting. Where can we get ourselves in sort of a time loop like that in a way that'll help our faith. Like how does that relate to scripture Yeah, and how we handle scripture? Yeah. yeah I think what Kino was talking about was um, uh, Lectio Divine, uh, which is a way to read scripture kind of over and over again uh, and to kind of sit with the passage and see what jumps out at you, what phrase or word um, you can sit with. And each time uh, perhaps there's, you can go kind of a deeper, deeper way into to looking at a particular word or phrase or what, how God is talking to you through that. And, and yeah, I had a, a seminary professor who, who definitely said that everyone has spiritual amnesia. We go throughout our week, you know, we hear the messages from the world that, hey, you have to earn this. You have to be this. You have to look this way, act a certain certain way. You uh, in our scrolling or the message we get from advertisements or social media influence or whatever, they're all telling us 
uh, who we are, who they think we should be. And, and we only kind of get one hour a week on Sunday morning when hopefully you hear the gospel that you don't have to earn God's love. You don't, there's not a, like a divine syllabus that if you don't complete this particular, uh, paper, then, then you're going to fail God like that. There, there's nothing out there to that. So yeah, Sunday is a day to kind of that we need to hear it over and over again. Um, to kind of hopefully counterbalance and countercultural the the spiritual amnesia that that we have throughout the week and and I'm sure there's like a Pastor Will bingo card that that people hear me on Sunday <laughs> that like look it up he said that phrase again let's uh, bingo Will said his five things that he says every Sunday um, or at least once a month or whatever but but yeah I I tend to repeat myself and and yeah there's some things I sometimes I I play around with the idea of like from last year's lectionary last year's text uh, doing the exact same sermon to see if anybody remembered probably not um but but there are probably some stories that i've shared they're like oh, i've heard that story before yeah god's yeah. a surfer yeah we're saved by grace yeah da, 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 da. we we know he will um that that kind of thing but but i think there's some legitimacy in like beating into people's heads or there's such a there's such a um just inundated by so much during the week we really want you on Sunday to pay attention that I, you know, even if I bomb a sermon on Sunday, they're going to hear over and over again, if they come to the the communion table, that this is uh, Christ's body and blood given for you. And they don't have to do anything to earn it. It's there for them. Mm-hmm. So, so come and eat, um, come and taste the the goodness of the Lord. So that if, if I don't do anything right on Sunday or whatever happens to you week, from from Monday to Saturday, you can at least come on Sunday and hear the good news when to the community. Oh yeah, amen. I uh, this is a this is a terrible terrible take on what you were just saying, but I promise it ends it ends well. I promise. Okay, all right. Let's live My, up uh, to those expectations <laughs> and opinions. Joshua. God help us. God Listen, help us. Here we go. I had a professor, and that this was I, I didn't mean terrible as in a bad opinion. I meant terrible as in a. <laughs> I tried to cheat. Oh. <laughs> so okay. I had a professor. Every class, there was a Christian leadership class. He constantly brought up transformational leadership. And then he would talk about how bad transactionalism is. So when I had to write a paper and I forgot until the last moment, you know what I did? I found as many excuses to use those two words as possible because I'm like, this is his lingo. So he'll like this. And then I'll pass. And it worked. And I was like, aha, I pulled one over on him. Guys, it's a, it's been like 10 years. And you know what I still remember? Transformationalism and transactionalism. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I thought I thought I got him, but he got me. He tricked there. me. <laughs> Tricking me into learning, man. Boom. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Good story. Fantastic yeah. story. It works. Because he repeated the same words. So he, it mm-hmm. stuck. <laughs> yeah. So, so other things. We talked a lot about time. So naturally, we have to we have to ask. Fate is a big thing with this. Play your role, right? He when he lived his role and he truly did the reporting on Groundhog Day, he was able to move forward. Do we believe in fate? Do we believe in predestination? Where do we stand on sovereignty? Pastor Will, answer all of life's biggest questions for us in 10 <laughs> oh seconds or less. God. This is whole church yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 35 minutes into this podcast. And he's like, hey, just answer, you know, solve predestination, fate, and yeah, yeah. And, and the mystery of of, of sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. But There's what is not your day? a <laughs> yeah, there's no short answer. I I would say you know you just had a couple couple um, guests mm-hmm. on your whole church podcast of open relational um, process theologians who who would kind of push push on predestination and, and sovereignty. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm of the mindset that there's that tension within Scripture. There is this kind of sense of sovereignty that God God can foresee or knows or is with us, but then also there's this kind of open ended. Um, 
choice, free will. We're not puppets. We can make our decisions. And I believe deeply that God is relational and interacts with that relation. And perhaps uh, that that kind of diamondism between the two that we affect one another within our relationship with one another. So so I definitely hold to that too. And I would say that even like there's there's definitely something supernatural happening in Groundhog Day, but there's never any mention of, of God or spirituality or, or angels or some kind of fate written the stars that if he doesn't do a certain task then he can't move on. It's just that he comes to that on his own. And, um, and at some point it's almost like a surrender that once he surrenders and his heart is transformed, then he can move on. So it could have happened for another, like, you know, years and years and years, it could have been shorter. It could have been longer. I don't know. But I think Hmm. when he was transformed, when that, whatever was happening with him impacted him in a way (laughs) that he surrendered his control or ego, it's then that he was then mm. able to move on. However long that takes, not that it was predestined to only take three months or whatever, that it was it was up to him to let go of that ego and control. And eventually that's when so, time was able to. So basically your answer was when he gave up transactionalism and pursued transformationalism. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I definitely read a paper or heard about a paper about that. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. I, um, my, my answer is a little weird and will not agree with some of the previous hosts on previous hosts, previous guests on Whole Church, which I often have people I don't agree with. It's kind of the point of the show. But I personally believe that humans are incapable of understanding God's relation to time. Not that he's outside of it or constrained to it the same way that we are. I just simply don't think we get it. And I don't think we can get it. And I'm okay with the mystery of who God is. And not understanding God is a place that I'm comfortable being. And if I don't understand God, how can I understand how he does or does not predestine something? I can't. You know, I just can't. Um, I think the closest thing I get to is something I mentioned on this show a couple of times now. That story that's told in the Ainulindale of Middle Earth, where uh, Eru is doing the melody. And every time, you know, Melkor or Satan tries to disturb it, he just smiled and turned it into part of the melody. Now, the question is, did he plan for him to do that? Or did he just use it and turn it into part of his melody? Who knows? I would say yes. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> Christian, uh, what wh- what is your take on uh, on life's biggest questions? Well, as far as that is concerned, we're going to solve that today. Of course, yeah. Because, of course, I know the answers. <laughs> First year seminary student, I know everything. Oh, yeah, boy. That, that is how it works. <laughs> I'm told that's how it works. <laughs> no, I believe, I'm very similar in some respects to Pastor Will in that regard, is that there is some intersection between predestination and free will. Like I had to say, normally I would never have chosen God at Mm. one point in my life. Like scripture says, no man chooses God. Now it doesn't mean that literally hundred percent, like I never had a choice in the matter. I don't think it says that. I think it says left to my own devices. I never would have said yes, but because of what God did, the people he put in my life, I chose to say yes to him. So Mm. you can argue that all day. As far as predestination (laughs) and fate is concerned, like I believe at, what was it, Charles Stanley, who said they're like two train tracks running parallel and in the distance somewhere in the horizon, they intersect where that is. I couldn't tell you like that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. 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 You could almost call that the divine lure that some of our friends would say the divine. lure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I know is that our relationship to time is finite, that we have a certain amount of time on this earth anyway, and what we do with it matters. I think it has real stakes. I think the Bible's pretty clear about that. So even if you do believe in some form of predestination and God has a complete plan and it's going to happen in your life, uh, God still wants you to treat your time like it matters. That's pretty clear in scripture, regardless of your beliefs on this particular thing. So then I throw the question to Pastor Will, one last one. Practically, what is a way that people can better be present, fully present 
for the time that they've been given. Sit on your hands and stop scrolling on your phone. Are you talking to me right this second? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, I see him scrolling. I'm like fidgeting, and he's like, sit on your hands, Joshua. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, what's the practical way? I mean, it's one thing that it's kind of like if somebody's not happy, and you're like, be happy. And it's like, oh, well, be present. And you're like, it It takes practice. And I and I think, you know, faith takes practice. So how do you have a prayer life? Well, you practice. You start somewhere, and you you, you cultivate that experience and, and habit. And I think how you posture yourself with other human beings and how you see them as as creating the image of God and and deserve some of your time to get to know and, and be with and grow in a relationship that that takes time. So I, I definitely think it takes practice and it, and uh-huh. and you have to work in that habit. I mean that's why the church has cultivated times like Advent and Lent and and things like yeah. that so that you can have these kind of spiritual disciplines that will kind of embed into your soul and hopefully create these good habits. And so um so yeah, start somewhere and and be present and, and try to see your neighbor, those you get along with and those you don't get along with, as as somebody creating the image of God that that uh, may maybe be cool. Every person's a mystery, and and how can we grow and, and understand that mystery? Yeah, uh, Christian, you have any ideas of a, a place they can start practicing? Well, I think a huge part of it is learning how to listen and how to be aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. which both of those things. I'm real bad at. I think everyone (laughs) thinks how Christian Ashley thinks. And that is a stupid thing to say because it's completely not true. So I have to learn, like, I will say something that I mean as a joke, but I have totally ruined their day because they didn't take it that way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, we've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how can I interact with this person correctly? Like, what is, what is appropriate around them? What can I, can and can't I say? Not because I'm censoring myself, but because I'm trying to meet the needs of the people around me. So that they, in turn, hopefully will do the same for me. Man, I'm about to about to list a few, actually. Just just a just a few bullet rounds here. <laughs> One, uh, don't go to church a little bit late and leave a little bit early. Uh, how about you go a little bit early and leave a little bit late and <laughs> intentionally talk to other people who attend your church? Um, assuming you attend a church, not everybody does. Um, hey, next time you see yourself at the mall or in a public area and you're on your telephone ignoring everybody, texting or on an app, um, immediately, once you notice, put your phone down and ask somebody how they're doing. Next time you're at the cash register, ask them how their day's going. Ask them about their shift, when it ends. Be more like Pastor Will. Have real <laughs> conversations with people instead of treating them like a little robot that's just there to do a job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And as we do these things, Pastor Will, what do you think will change in the world around us? I definitely think it'll make a difference. I think it's so, well, if you ask someone at the cash register just straight out without any uh, warm up <laughs> when their shift ends, I think it could come across a little wrong. So don't do that. I would say, don't ask, Hey, when's your shift in? Um, that could come across really <laughs> yeah, wrong, yeah. but, but, but yeah, I, I think like it definitely would be like, I think the pandemic has taught us how interconnected we are and, um, how hungry for real authentic connections and relationships, uh, we, we long for in community. Uh-huh. And I, I think that that is where that begins. Where do you find your community? And we, that's what we hope to cultivate here at systematic ecology, a community, online and you're starting to go to comic cons and see people in in person and and connect with people, let them know they're not alone in their questions. And I think that's what churches hopefully do. I just kind of talked about systematic ecology and community (laughs) in my sermon this past Sunday um, as an example. And I, and then I was honest with my church to say like, you know, part of what I've learned as systematic ecology, uh, I've learned first here at Holy Trinity in terms of how we're open and honest with our own questions and what we wrestle with and what, um, we long for and, and creating a wide table where people can pull up a chair and, and be a part of that conversation. So yeah, it, it, it'll go a long way. And I think people are hungry for that. I'm hungry for that. And we'll keep striving for that. Yeah. The um, Jesus, I think is the one who said uh, to not hide your candle under a bushel. And I'll challenge you 
when you go to the gas station, buy a drink, don't talk to the register and leave, you have a light that you just went in there and made sure that no one had the opportunity to see because you didn't bother to spend time talking to anyone. Don't hide your yeah. Candlemas under a bushel. <laughs> Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Candlemas, yes. Happy Candlemas. Happy, happy Hedgehog Candle- Day. Hedgehog Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Whatever. Go play Sonic the Hedgehog if you want. We're posting this on the wrong channel, apparently. I feel like I should be talking about my pet peeves in a couple of seconds. <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a whole church podcast deep cut right there. He's geeking mm-hmm. out on uh, on my other podcast, apparently. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, guys. I want to do just a uh, just a quick recommendation. Um Watch Supernatural season three, episode 11, Mystery Spot. It's fantastic. <laughs> Without context, just watch it. Yeah, yeah. Just you don't need to know anything else that's going on. Just watch <laughs> Dean Winchester die over and over and know that I firmly believe that one day that man will be Batman. All right, well, you got a recommendation for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, fellow co host on our podcast, The Speculology, uh, Sari has, uh, is doing a crowdsourcing for oh, yeah. one of her, um, a movie project called The Winemaker. And she has a new podcast. She has a podcast called uh, Secret Art project where she's talking about kind of creativity and mental health and, and spiritual health, kind of the intersection of all those things and leading up to, to what she hopes to accomplish in her own kind of a, uh, directing uh, a legit movie. Um, and so go check out Secret Art Project, uh, support the winemaker. And I, I want to see, it's about it's about an alien who's also, she's a winemaker. And then she's discovered and has to make some hard choices. That's the pitch. That's the long line. I can't, I want to see this movie come to, come to light and then we'll do a big watch party with yeah. this Mike Ecology. It sounds just like quirky enough that I'm like, I, I have to see it. So mm-hmm. I need you guys to support it because I'm poor and I need to see this. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. And I trust uh, Sari's our artistic creativity. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. For sure. So hi, listen to that podcast. Go find the winemaker dot com and then and support her. That's that's yeah. my recommendation. All right, Christian, I dare you to follow that up. Well, it's going to be a poor substitute, but I have ever since the new update came out been replaying The Witcher Three. Wild Hunt, nice. and I have been really enjoying it again, falling back in love with the characters and some of the themes they're building up in there. So there's a lot to discover. Obviously, written by someone who has no positive view on God, but you know what? That's okay. Mm. We can learn from that too, and that's one of the things I take from that. It's like there are people in the world that feel this way because X, Y, Z in their relationship or lack of relationship to God, which is a- which is my approach to Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. a better man yeah. than me. Well, yeah, yeah. Since we had an extra long intro, I'm going to do an extra long outro by adding a second recommendation from me. I just remembered that the new DuckTales comic came out Wednesday. If you grew up DuckTales, I meant Darkwing Duck. Um, The new (laughs) Darkwing Duck comic came out Wednesday. Uh, If you grew up watching that cartoon, the same that I did, you will not be disappointed. I read it in the voices. Like it was so well done, so much like the old old cartoon. It's not for grownups, but if you just are like me and you want some nostalgia feels, I swear they included the song in a way that I read it and I heard the song in my head while I was reading it. And I'm like, oh man, why do I hear this picture? You can't hear pictures according to this meme over here. Anyway, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Hey guys, yeah. thank you so much for your time, for listening, for Will staying a couple extra minutes after five when he said he didn't have the time. I'm sorry. And be sure, check out all of us on systematicgeekology.org. Hit the host tab. You can see all of our names there, all the other episodes we're a part of. And of course, remember, if you can, I hope you do, remember that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priest.
This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.